With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. all you folks being there tonight and we got brother david back with us tonight how you doing brother dave i'm back and doing well amen brother amen well folks we're going into the closing in on the crucifixion of our lord here in chapter 19 last night we went over some of the stuff that dealt with Pilate, and just some of the stuff that Pilate said seven different times Pilate proclaimed Christ's innocence. I mean, there's all kind of stuff you could talk about, about how the the legal matters and stuff that Pilate was uh, torn between what he was doing and what he was going to do. In uh, some of the other Gospels, it talks about his wife having a dream that he should have nothing to do with that innocent blood, innocent man. There's just all kind of stuff tied up with the crucifixion of Christ. I mean, there's been other books written, talks about later on in Pilate's life, he supposedly got right and all that stuff. I don't know how that, I don't know the validity of any of that stuff. I just know that they're out there. I've heard uh, about some of them before. Don't know if there's any truth to it, but it doesn't matter. We know the Word of God's true. That's what does matter. And last night we talked about how the Lord told Pilate that if his kingdom was of this world, his servants would fight. And that's true. And I made mention of the difference in the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. And one of these days, there will be some fighting going on. I also brought up again the difference, the the very fact that as kings and priests, we will rule over a different set of folks, of people. We went to Daniel chapter 7 that we've been to many times. Talked about it a little bit last night, about the importance of inheritance and reward again. And I probably will mention it again later on. You know I will. Um, But this thing about 
the garden. You know, it's it having how many things start in a garden? You got everything began with a garden in Genesis three, and then here we are where the penalty where all the penalty of sin culminates in a garden again, the betrayal of the Lord. It takes place in a garden. It's just amazing how much stuff happens in a garden. And at the after the resurrection, we got the garden business again. Just funny how those things happen. And it's not by chance. Not by chance at all. But anyway, having said all that, Brother Dave, if you would open us in a word of prayer, Brother. Certainly. Father, in Jesus' name, we give thanks for this evening. We give thanks for the Word, the Bible, the Scriptures that you gave us, the infallible Word of God. And we thank you that tonight we pray and we seek that you would open to us the mysteries and the truths locked in the Word of God that we have before time not seen. But we pray that tonight that we would see them. And we pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that we would be changed by the Word of God and the work of the Holy Spirit here tonight, that we would have a greater desire to suffer for Christ, to chasten ourselves for Christ, to correct ourselves for the Lord, and to fulfill the calling and and the, the work that God's from the foundation of the world ordained that we should walk in. And tonight, Father, I pray that we have a greater vision of these callings and of a greater desire to serve you in a manner of, in which you are worthy of the utmost service that we can render to you. And to this we want to ascribe to, we want to uh, uh, try to achieve, Father, and we know but some point in our life we can achieve it, even if it's just for a minute. And we give thanks tonight for those who are in the chat room and for those that download that you will meet their needs, Father, that you will provide them with healings, with finances, for comfort, for reconciliations, for confirmation, for callings, for revelations. You know all the needs, Lord, and we know that you'll meet them. And for this, I'm truly grateful in the name of Jesus. So be it. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Okay, brother, go ahead and start in John chapter 19. Just start at verse 1. Okay. John chapter 19, verse 1. Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. And the soldiers platted a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put on him a purple robe and said, Hail, King of the Jews! And they smote him with their hands. Pilate therefore went forth again, and saith unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you, that ye may know that I find no fault in him. Isn't that an amazing, isn't that an amazing statement from a ruler, a politician? This, you're talking about somebody caught between a rock and a hard place? He 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 like I said seven times he he makes mention that he finds no fault in him, wants to let him go but can't let him go. 
Damned if he does and damned if he don't. That's a heck of a position to be in. But he has a choice. He has a choice. He he could turn his back on the world. He could have been the most famous man outside of the Lord that ever that ever walked. He could go, he could have went down in history as the most famous man that there was if he would have made a different choice. And folks, those choices, what will you do with this man which is called Christ? Crucified? Or let him go? Which one would you have let go, Barabbas? Or the Prince of Peace? Now you can metaphorize and allegorize that into all kind of things, folks. You can break that into everyday life and decisions in your daily walk, and really there's no difference. Not when you get down to the bare brass tacks of it. Choose ye this day whom you will serve. If the Lord be God, you know, God, like Elijah said, if the Lord be God, serve him. If Baal be God, serve him. Why halt you between two opinions? <laughs> and what what gets me is people try to reconcile in their mind that they're, that they're not really making those decisions when that's exactly what's going on. When you strip away the veneer, and the excuses. And we all do it, folks. We all do it. That's why the greatest Christian that ever lived could not stand his flesh. He said, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? That, per- that paranoid, schizophrenic Christian life true Christian life I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the fake kind. I'm talking about the true believer. The one with the indwelling Holy Spirit and a circumcised soul and spirit from the flesh, that battle that goes on on the inside. But old Pilate, he didn't have no Holy Spirit, but he had a choice to go down in history like no other person has ever went down in history, but he chose the wrong one. He went down in history all right, the wrong way. The wrong, wrong way. Continue on, Brother Dave. Verse 5, Then came Jesus forth, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, And Pilate saith unto them, Behold, the man. When the chief priests, therefore, and officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Take ye him, and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. Again, no fault in him, no fault in him. We're going to stop here at this verse right here. 
And I want to go back to the garden situation. I mentioned it earlier. I want to go back and listen. I want to look at a different account. I want to look at Luke's account. So, Brother Dave, if you would, mm-hmm. turn to Luke chapter 22. Yes. And I want you to start reading in verse 32. I want to read what Brother Luke has to say about this because I want to make some comments. Here, where, where Pilate said in verse 5, Behold the man. Now, this is after he's been scourged, folks. We're going to take a little tour about that in a second as well. But I want to read Luke's account because there's something very important that Luke makes mention of that in programs past I've made mention of. I can't do it justice. I've only heard one sermon on it in my life that did it decent justice. And that's been about 27 years ago by a preacher from New York of all places. His name was Mel Sabaka. He's dead now. But anyway, Luke chapter 22, brother, start with verse, um, I think it's 32. Verse 32. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, no, strengthen I, I thy brethren. No, that is earlier, brother. No, I okay. guess it's on. Uh, Paragraph marker, verse 31. And the Lord said, yeah, Verse 21. Oh, 21? Yeah, okay. Luke 22, verse 21. But, behold, the hand of him that betrayeth me is with me on the table. And truly, the Son of Man goeth as it was determined. But woe unto that man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to inquire among themselves which of them it was that should do this thing. And there was also a strife among them, which of them should be accounted the greatest. And he said unto them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors. But ye shall not be so, but he that is greatest among you Let him be as the younger, and he that is chief, as he that doth serve. For whether it is greater, he that sitteth at meat, or he that serveth, is not he that sitteth at meat. But I am among you as he that serveth. Ye are they which have continued with me in my temptations. And I appoint unto you a kingdom as my Father hath appointed unto me, that ye may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. In that one verse right there, you've got the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven, and then you've got it winding up in the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God at the same time, and that being that one verse. So they're going to sit on the tw- on the thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Huh? Elect. Judging Israelites. Wow. Continue on, brother. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. 
But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And okay. Thou art... Now, the, the Lord doesn't pray that Satan won't get him. You know, you see, the Lord did. I'm not. The Lord didn't say I'm gonna pray for you that Satan don't hurt you. I'm not. I'm gonna pray for you that Satan's not gonna have you. That's not what the Lord's gonna pray. Watch it close again. What the Lord's gonna pray. Read the verse again, brother. Y'all watch it close. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted. Strengthen thy brethren. There you go. He prays that his faith will fail not. He doesn't pray him out of temptation. He doesn't pray him out of the trouble that Satan's going to bring to bear. He prays that his faith fail not. And when thou art converted, which tells you he's going to fall, you don't get you don't have to get reconverted or or get repentance over something you didn't fall from. Little bitty things like that, because while you're here, you're supposed to go through that stuff. And the Lord's praying that his faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. Continue on, brother. It's interesting, too, that the little old Satan there, you know, in all his rebellion, thinking, hey, I'm going to take another one out. He just goes ahead and does God's job for him and, you know, does God a little favor and, you know, cleans up Peter a bit for him and exactly does Peter a good amen. favor there, too, while he's at it. Amen, amen. Excellent, excellent point. Whenever Satan thinks he is wreaking havoc, he's absolutely doing the Lord's will. That's what David's saying. Amen. And that's an absolute fact, folks. You If you... If you in your spiritual growth, you get a grip on that. Now, nobody ever, you didn't hear me say one word about it being sweet, nice, and comfortable, and happy. Okay? I didn't say that. Dear, because during the time, it's pure hell. But the end result's what the Lord's looking for. He's looking for the diamond. He's not looking at the coal. He's looking at the shiny silver, not the dross, like I mentioned the other night. He's looking for that perfect, pure gold that's went through the fire. It, it has to be the fire comes first. It has to be that way, folks. No matter what kind of fire it is, no matter what direction it comes from, no matter what situation that's presented, the fire, that fire has to come first for the Lord's own, okay? And I've said it a million times, and I'm making a million one, what on earth gives you any kind of idea? What would even make you think? that you're not supposed to get it in the neck. You're a deluded jackass if you think otherwise. And I'm and I say that with charity because that's exactly what you are if that's what you believe that this book teaches. You have been deceived and you're no more living a Christian life on the path of the Lord's will than Balaam than than Balaam did. Okay, 
Period. That's that. That's just the way it is. Challenge anyone to take the scriptures in the context where they appear, the whole new covenant, and prove me wrong. Because it ain't got nothing to do with me. It's got to do with the apostles and what they taught. Because it can't be done. Not without resting the scriptures to their own destruction. Continue on, Brother David. Verse 33. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee, both into prison and to death. And he and I, said... I mentioned it last night, and we're going to go through it again. Peter's heart's right. Right here, he's spot on. And the other, and, and, and John, he, t- he pulls the sword, whoops off Malchus's ear, remember? Go ahead, keep on, brother. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day, before that thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. And he said unto them, When I sent you without purse and scrip and shoes, like ye, anything, and they said nothing, then said he unto them, But now he that hath a purse, let him take it, and likewise his scrip. And he that hath no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. This is one of the one of those verses of scripture in the context where it appears where it, it you have to you can't it, it doesn't make any sense. It's it's one of the, it's like a throwaway verse because of what's going to happen next. You, so it has to apply somewhere. It's the Lord's words, folks. It's in red letters. There's and it it has to imply that there is going to be a time. There is a time for fighting. It has to imply that. Don't trade. Don't come up with no spiritualism. Oh, it's. It's a metaphor for the Word of God. No, it ain't. I'll show you why it's not when Brother David reads the verse. Go ahead, Brother. For I say unto you that this is that is written must yet be accomplished in me. And he was reckoned among the transgressors, for the things concerning me have an end. The things concerning the Lord Jesus Christ had an end. There was a finality to what his purpose was on this earth. And he finally says it there. Go back and read that about the sower business, brother. That I, I want you to read that again. I'm going to show you something. Okay. But then said he unto them, But now he that hath a purse, let him take it, and likewise his script. And he that hath no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. For I say unto you that this is that is written must yet be accomplished in me. And he was reckoned among the transgressors, for the things concerning me have an end. Verse 38. And they said, Lord, behold, here are two swords. Two swords. Here are two swords. Two swords. What did the Lord go ahead? Keep on reading and see what the Lord said, brother. And he said unto them, 
It is enough. He's not talking about the Word of God. He's talking about literal swords, folks. Swords going to come up in the context in just a minute. Comes up in the same scenario, except it's not mentioned in John about Malchus's ear. This seemingly throwaway verse has to mean that there is a time, there is a crew that will fight at some time in the future. That's the only explanation I can come up with. If anybody's got any better, I'd like to know. But he's not talking about the Word of God. Because there's two mentioned here. He says it's enough. And he says the things concerning me have an end. That's just one of those, it's one of those little passages in Scripture where you have to eisegetically read it, in, read something into it the best thing, the best way you can, because the context makes no, it makes no sense. Once you finish reading what takes place and what happened, when he tells Peter to put his sword up, well, my goodness, he just said right here, buy one, sell, sell your script. You know what a script is? See what I'm saying? Maybe like at the second coming. That's what that that's the point Two I'm swords. Amen. Brother, that's exactly the point I'm trying to make. This I I, I in my opinion, and this is my opinion, folks. I'm not saying this is solid doctrine. So don't say I did. I'm just saying. I think this goes along with a verse that I was talking that I mentioned before in Revelation fourteen where it talks about he that liveth by the sword shall die by the sword. And I made the comment, it doesn't, it doesn't tell you which, who it's talking about. Is it talking about the bad guy, the white hat, or the black hat? Us or them? It, it's, it's not clear. But here the Lord says to buy a sword and sell everything. you got to get one. So that, mean, that must mean you're going to need one. And he comes two times, right? That's right. Absolutely. Now, if there, if is anybody in the chat room got any? Does the Holy Spirit giving you anything on this that you can add to it? I, I, I'm open. I'm open because, like I said, this is my opinion. I didn't say this was solid doctrine. When I'm not sure about something, I'll, I'll be the, I'll, I'll tell you I'm not. No pride here. I said, none of, nobody's got all the answers. Anybody writing anything, Brother Kevin? Nothing. You have any ideas, Brother Kevin? No. Brother Chad, what do you think? I don't I don't know of no other way to expound on it, Brother David. Mhm. Yeah, there there's something there. He mentioned that there's two swords, but he didn't want to get into it, just that everything's gonna be done and concerning me at my end, you know? Yeah. 
for the things concerning me have an end. So at the end, the second time I come back, yep, we're yep. going to be using those swords. Absolutely. That's exactly the way I see it. That's the way the Spirit of God, well, I'm saying it's the Spirit of God, leads me to believe that that's what he's talking about. That's exactly the way I think concerning the matter. If nobody else is going to add anything or got anything to add to it, we'll continue on. Go ahead, Brother David. Verse 39, And he came out and went, as he was wont, to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and kneeled down and prayed. Okay, he just he tells them, pray that you enter not into temptation. Now, wait, then you're going to see what kind of temptation he's talking about shortly. Go ahead, brother. Saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Folks, let me tell you something about this. This verse of Scripture, verse 42. This cup, this cup harkens back to a covenant that's not called a covenant in the Word of God. It harkens back to a time before the world began. It it harkens back to a, a deal that was struck before the foundation of the world. And here, this is fully God and fully man. And this is that back-and-forth battle taking place in the essence of God manifest in the flesh right here. This is the reason I wanted to go back to Luke because I wanted to bring this forward about this everlasting covenant that was made, which includes you and me. And it was struck before the world began. Now it's time to pay the piper. Every sin, I mentioned it last night, I've mentioned it before, every wicked thought, every sin that you and I and the wickedest person, the wickedest Israel, every sin Manasseh or Ahab done, Although every Israelite ever done the sins of the world, every single, the most wicked, degenerate thing you could think of is in this cup. And the Lord knows it. And the Lord knows it. And he asked the Father, if it be thy will, And one part of him knows that he's got to drink it. The other part of him, the fully man part, it's that battle going on. He's he's, he's seeking, is there a way out where he don't have to partake of this? See, we look at this and we think, and again, the, the, the eloquence, the ability to articulate it correctly to where it has the most impact 
I have no I'm not I'm I'm there's no way I could even begin to put it forth to where it would probably strike home like it should into your heart. Like I said, I've only heard one sermon on it where it, it tore about 800 people's souls to the dirt, okay? And that was, that's been years ago. And the whole sermon was on two words. And we're going to run across those two words shortly. But it was about this cup. You see, this cup, what did it do? It made our Lord Jesus Christ the personification of sin. Think about that. Always has existed, was with the Father from eternity past, Never knew anything but glory. Never knew anything but pure holiness and righteousness. Perfect fellowship between the Spirit and the Father and Him. And now here comes this cup. With every vile, demonic thought, everything that you could possibly drum up and imagine, that's even beyond our human mind to imagine. He's asked to drink it. And see, the thing about it is, he's already made the covenant that he would before the world began when he wasn't. The essence of God manifest in the flesh, but he was in his glorified state as the second member of the Godhead. This covenant that was made, this this was, how do I know this was, that this is exactly the truth? Because the scripture says so. And we're going to take a little journey. I want you, all these passages of scripture we're fixing to go through, and go to. It has to do with him and us in eternity past. And as you take notes, and I know Brother Chad and Sister Maureen will. Don't know if anybody, I want you to go back and look at these passages yourself and try to get a grip on what's taking place here. But first of all, just to let you know that what I'm telling you about him being made being made sin for us, Paul tells you that plainly in Second Corinthians. He was made sin for us who knew no sin, for the purpose that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Folks, do, do, do you get the impact of that? We take sin, we are such sinners ourselves, and we have got so complacent with sin, we don't realize the Father, it cannot enter his presence. Sin cannot enter the presence of a holy God. Turn to Acts chapter 2, Brother David. 
Yeah, one point here. There, We have so many of our dear brethren who don't understand this personal aspect that you're talking about here. And, and they're thinking about the two swords, you know. And right there, Jesus resisted the opportunity to take up swords, bypass this cross, jump right into the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven here with Jesus Christ reigning and ruling on the earth, him picking up those swords in his hand, calling on the angels and killing every one of his single enemies right there and then. But because of us, the the Bible says, the soul that sinneth shall surely die. The Lord Jesus Christ was willing to fulfill the justice, the righteous courts of heaven and take upon him, drink that cup, take upon his body every one of your, my sins. So you you see, dear people that are out there that only understand the national white Israel message, this has to come first. Just like what Jesus had to do at first, it has to come first for you. The other part will come when Jesus comes back the second time. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Acts chapter 2, verse 22 and 23. Let's see what Brother Peter says about it in his famous sermon that most people just read over. This This was settled a long time ago, folks. And this year in the garden back in Luke is just showing you the battle between fully God and fully man. That's all it said. That's what it's showing you. It's it's an example for your Christian life as well. If you don't come through this part, like Brother David just said, you 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 can't skip one to get to the other. It, that dog don't hunt. And that's what's missing out there. Go ahead and read, brother. Acts chapter 2, verse 22. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God ye have taken, and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Who delivered him up? It was determined by the foreknowledge and in the counsels of God in the very before time ever started. Read it again, brother. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved, and he said Israel, not Jews, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know him. Absolutely. Now go flip right over to chapter 4. Mm-hmm. Read verse 25 and 26, uh, 25 through 28. Okay. Acts chapter 4, verse 25. Who, by the mouth of thy servant David, hast said, Why did the heathen rage, and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up, 
and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth, against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. There you go. Thy hand and thy thy counsel is hearkening back to what he just read in Acts chapter 2. It was determined before the foundation of the world. Real quick, turn to Revelation 13, read verse 8. Okay. Revelations chapter 13, verse 8. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. There's your Lamb slain from the foundation of the world, folks. Read chapter 17, verse 8, brother. Revelation 17, 8. Mm Mm-hmm. Revelations chapter 17, verse 8. The beast that thou sawest was and is not and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. Oh, there's they, There you go, foundation of the world. That's a bunch that wasn't written, but years was. Turn to Ephesians chapter 1 and read verse 4, brother. Yes. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Amen. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 3. Okay. Hebrews 4, verse 3. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Absolutely. Already done. Are you get, do see the picture being painted, folks? See now how Brother Don can talk about the, the overall chess match, the overall pleasure of the Father, the card game, the, any way you want to put it, any idiom you want to use. First Peter chapter 1, verse 2, brother. Okay. First Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. You go. Go, go to Romans chapter 16, read verse 25, brother. Okay. Romans 16, verse 5? 25. 25. Now, to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to 
the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. Here you go, Second Timothy, chapter one, verse nine. Second Timothy, chapter one, verse nine. Who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Titus chapter 1, verse 2, brother. Titus 1, verse 2. In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie, promised before the world began. Man, if that, if, folks, if that don't paint a picture for you, see, that was a covenant, and an, that's an ordination set in stone before this whole game kicked off. And the Lord Jesus Christ, being fully man and fully God, is dealing with this in the garden with his cup. Okay? I want you to get a full picture of that, all those verses. And that, that that's not all of them. That's just some of them. Back to Luke, brother. Certainly. Uh, verse 41. Yeah, uh, 42. 43. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly. Okay. And his that in an that an agony is the two words that that old sermon I've been telling you about that I heard years ago. Being in it wasn't just being in agony; it was a specific agony, and that agony had to do with what was in that cup. And. He prayed, God, if it be possible, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. An angel had to even, he, he, got, he was so distraught, fully man, fully God, that he sweat great drops of blood in such anxiety. Knowing what was coming because it was already settled. But the man part of him was in debate. But the fully God part praised his holy name, won out. He did not have to take it, folks. He could have any time called, like Brother David said, legions of angels to take him down off the cross to destroy every swinging soul and been justified in doing it. But because of his love for his brethren, he stayed on the cross. Continue reading, Brother David. And his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose up from prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow and said unto them, Why sleep ye? Rise and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. And while he yet spake, behold, a multitude, and he that was called Judas, 
one of the twelve, went before them and drew near unto Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said unto him, Judas, betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? When they which were about him saw what would follow, they said unto him, Lord, shall we smite with the sword? And one of them smote the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. And Jesus answered and said, Suffer ye thus far. And he touched his ear and healed him. Then Jesus said unto the chief priests and captains of the temple and the elders which were come to him, Be ye come out as against a thief with swords and staves? When I was daily with you in the temple, ye stretched forth no hands against me. But this is your hour and the power of darkness. Then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house. And Peter followed after, off, followed afar off. Yep, and no, so no using no sword that they were supposed to buy then. See what I mean by the throwaway verse and where it's got to apply somewhere. They wasn't supposed to use it then. It wasn't sanctioned then, but it'll be sanctioned in the future. You can rest assured. The scriptures can't be broken, folks. Let's go back to John, brother. Okay. Uh, verse 7. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and by our law he ought to die because he made himself the Son of God. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he was the more afraid, and went again into the judgment hall, and saith unto Jesus, You see, Pilate's, Pilate's starting to realize that he's dealing with something supernatural. In other words, he it's not just a common criminal he thinks he's dealing with, and thinking he's innocent, he's starting to realize that he's dealing with something a whole lot bigger. Continue, brother. And went again into the judgment hall, and saith unto Jesus, Whence art thou? But Jesus gave him no answer. Then saith Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee, and have power to release thee? Jesus answered, Thou couldst have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. And, that's Therefore, just, and that is just, that's as true for you folks as it was for the Lord Jesus Christ. I mentioned it last night, and I'm mentioning it again tonight. Till your time's up, you elect of God that have calling in your life, and some of you do and don't even know it, have never set yourself apart to realize your calling. But until God, he that worketh, both worketh in you, both the will and the do of his good pleasure, Philippians, he will perform that in you, which he intends to get out of you. Now, once that's over with, it's bye-bye, baby, goodbye. Time to check out, but not until. Because life and death, is he has the power. 
And just as it said, he could do, nobody could do anything to the Lord unless it were granted to him from above. It's no different for you. You elect of God. Who can lay anything to the charge of God's elect? And you say, whoa, they killed them, they died to martyrs. Of course they did. Can't you in hindsight look, hindsight look back and see one of the reasons why? As an inspiration for you. No man liveth to himself and no man dieth to himself. Those of you that have took the time to study that have gotten inspiration by it if there's a spiritual bone in your body. There's everything that's done. The body of Christ is not supposed to have a schism in it. Each member, each part that does something affects the other part. And if one member is sick, the whole body's sick. Paul lays it out beautifully, but people don't believe it anymore. Folks like-minded believers, I'm, I'm on just this is off topic in a way, and in a way it's not. Like-minded believers that love the Lord Jesus Christ need to be together. I'm just going to say it. That's just the way it is. That's that's that the excuses are a dime a dozen. I'm just telling you, like-minded believers that love the Lord Jesus Christ and are members of the body of Christ, the bride of Christ need to be together. That's the way they can accomplish what the Lord wants them to accomplish. And just like Brother Chad brought up last night when he was talking about the parable and the guy told the Lord, I'll come follow you, but let me go do this first. And the Lord told him he wasn't worthy of the kingdom of God. Folks, that sounds so radical today. And you know why it does? Because you're fat, sassy, and lazy. Slovenly lazy. We are that way. That's what we've wound up being. There's going to be those that do exploits. There's going to be some that understand. It's going to be a remnant. The choice to be in the remnant is yours and mine. That part's free will. 2 Timothy 2. To even be able to halfway obey the Scripture and the commandments we're given, we're supposed to be together. That's the reason the Bible says, forsake not your assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Some people are understanding it more and more and getting it more and more. And that desire and the Holy Spirit is working in some more and more. Praise God. How can you bury one another's burdens? 
See what I'm saying? I, you want me to start going down the list? I mean, praying is fantastic and wonderful, and sometimes that's all you can do. And at the present, that's all that we can do at the present. It doesn't have to be that way, folks. Remember what I said last night about how you know somebody? (laughs) The infallible truth what they fear and what they love. There ain't no exceptions. Continue, Brother David. Except that we're given thee from above. Therefore, he that delivered me unto thee hath the greater sin. And from thenceforth, Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, saying, If thou let this man go, thou art not Caesar's friend. Whosoever maketh himself a king speaketh against Caesar. I ain't no different today. You mean you you going to do that, what that old King James Bible says? You mean you listen to that old crazy person that talks about that literal interpretation of that Bible? You mean you're going to you you you'll be looked at like a fool? No difference today, folks. It's been no different over two thousand years. Same old stuff comes up. Pilate didn't have the greater sin. The ones that delivered him did. Just like Paul says in Second Thessalonians. There ain't nothing new under the sun, folks. Human nature still remains the same, and the same excuses are used, just packaged differently. And some people are satisfied. See, that that's what's dangerous. I didn't used to understand this. My Bible teacher told us preacher boys years ago, Don't ever get satisfied and don't get complacent when the Word of God and the Holy Spirit is pushing you and and leading you and guiding you and telling you, no, there's more. You need to do this. Don't get complacent and don't make excuses for staying in the same spot because you're supposed to be active and moving. The first two letters in the Gospel is go, G-O. And 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 I didn't and that that G-O don't mean to go to Zimbabwe either. There's brethren that need us here and want us with our kind, our people. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? 
continue, Brother Dave. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus forth and sat down in the judgment seat in a place that is called the pavement, but in the Hebrew, Gabbatha. And it was the preparation of the Passover and about the sixth hour. And he saith unto the Jews, Behold your king. But they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. Oh, man, they should have never said that. In the Gospel of Matthew, they say, Let his blood be upon us and upon our children. And they got their wish. Millions killed. Millions killed. Caesar took care of their self-sucking self in 70 A.D. With Titus Vespasian, he he did a he did a number on their head. They were just lines lines and lines of them crucified up and down the roads, slaughtered. Verse sixteen, brother. They just showed who they were that they had only allegiance to themselves first and foremost. Absolutely. Those those dear brothers who say, oh, the Jews, the Jews, they really love God. They just, you know, they read the Torah and they serve God the Old Testament way and they're waiting for the Messiah to return. Well, here you go, folks, out of their own mouths. I'm not making it up. It's written right here in the Word of God. We have no King God. We have no Father God. We don't serve God. We serve Caesar. That's right. There just, there is... There is, there is, their toes are dug into this world as anybody's toes are dug in. That's all they're about is the world. We're just the, uh, we're supposed to be just the opposite. Where they are worldly, dug into the world, everything material and worldly, our commandments are just the opposite. Our kingdom is not of this world. Heavenly minded, set your affection on things, set your love, what you like, what you want, on things above and not on things of this terra firma. Lay up treasure in heaven where moth and rust don't corrupt. And where your treasure is, there will your heart be also your love, your affection. Amen. Hey, you just you, see that it's that it it's it's not the stuff that you don't understand that bothers you folks. It's what you do understand. See? It's not the deep dark doctrine that gets y'all bum puzzled. It's the simple stuff that keeps your butt and my butt. Continue, Brother David. Then delivered he him therefore unto them to be crucified. And they took Jesus and led him away. And he bearing his cross 
went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha. I I was thinking about that place of the skull today, and I automatically remembered the skull and bones at Yale. Yeah. And I remembered their crossed bones and the skull. Mm Mm-hmm. And I remembered it said 322, and I looked at Luke 322, and it said, Thou art my beloved son. And I believe that these people are being soldiers for Lucifer, knowing they're working against Jesus Christ, and taking his what belongs to him and his people for their own evil deeds. Yeah, that's the reason their motto is as above, so below, brother. Amen. It's it's taken right out of the disciples' prayer, that will be mm-hmm. done on earth as it is in heaven. It's, yeah. a, it's a counterfeit. It's all yeah. a counterfeit. And folks, right here where this is taking place, let me show you how strong, how important typology is, and we'll go ahead and close after this. Turn to Genesis 22, brother. Yes. We'll see. This The very place that this is taking place here, the type of it, the typology of it, took place many, many, many years prior. Okay? Genesis chapter 22. Okay. Just start reading it, verse 1, brother. Okay. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest. Okay, that's it. Here we have Abraham as a type of God the Father and Isaac as a type of God the Son, as the type of the Lord Jesus Christ. Take thine son, thine only son. Well, thine only son, Abraham had another son. But here, uh-uh, it says thine only son, doesn't it, Brother David? Yes. But see, you see what how strong the typology is? It disregards the other son completely. Continue reading, brother. Oh, sorry. Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Okay, that mountain is exactly the mountain where Jesus is going up here in the future. Go ahead, brother. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass. Now listen closely to what he says. Abraham, our father of faith, listen to what he says. Remember the original request that he agreed to is to take his son, his only son, and sacrifice him. 
Watch what he says. Watch the words. Go ahead, brother. Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. There you go. He believes in the resurrection because he's going to kill him. That's his faith. That's, that's, that's the faith right there. He says, we're going to go and worship and come back again. Well, not if he kills him. Shouldn't come back. Continue, Brother David. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Watch it close again, folks, because it only appears in a King James Bible. Watch what he says next closely. And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. God will provide himself. God manifest in the flesh. He himself. God was going to sacrifice himself, Jesus Christ. God manifest in the flesh. It only appears in your King James Bible. God will provide himself. A lamb. Continue, brother. For a burnt offering. So they went, both of them together, and they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there, and laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand, and took the knife, to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. Abraham was 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 coming down with that blade. He was going, and he believed in the resurrection. He, the way you know is because he just got through telling the guys that both of them were going to come back again. That's faith, folks. That's why he's the father of faith. And that's the reason the Lord says, Now I know. Your faith is, now I know that your faith is true. Like Brother James says in his in his book, faith without works is dead, being alone. Did not Abraham, through faith, so and so and so and so? And here the Lord says, now I know that your faith is true. You can spout off you've got faith, folks, all the day long. But until you put it into action... It is dead, being alone. And you can hope, and you can guess, and you can wish, and you can hope. 
that your crooked way of thinking is going to get you through. And somewhere or another, that all the, the preaching and teaching over the last 2,000 years about salvation by grace through faith, and without faith it's impossible to please him, and the definition of faith is somehow wrong, but you got it right, you're going to be sorely disappointed if that's the way you think. Sorely disappointed. And you've got a bunch of jackasses out there today that is destroying people. Putting doubt in their mind about the Word of God. Putting doubt in their mind about solid Christian doctrine that's held true with fruits over 2,000 years, calling themselves teachers and preachers. They're false. They're false. They're false. And they're, they're just a Pied Piper singing a sweet cue to tickling ears, dragging people to hell. That's what's happening, folks. And it's a crying shame. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. And Abraham showed his faith by raising that knife to kill his only son. That that typology is so strong. And all through the scripture, you got typology. That's the reason Brother Don's always talking about type, anti-type, you know. Thesis, antithesis, all the time. Because the word of God, it's all through there. Let me let me let me throw one on you real quick. Paul in in First Corinthians fifteen one through five talks about the gospel. He tells you that the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. For I declare unto you the gospel, how Christ died according to the scriptures, and was buried and arose again the third day. According to the scriptures. Is that right, Paul? Okay. One of you guys, y'all run back and find me the scripture where it talks about he rose from the dead the third day according to the scriptures. I want you to find me that scripture, okay? You know it's there, right? Can you can, can you tell me where it's at? See, I know the answer, folks, already. You're not going to find it. Not in a verse. You're going to find it in typology. Just like what I've got through showing you with Abraham and Isaac. That was the type of the death, burial, and resurrection there. As Jonah was in the belly of the well three days and three nights, so shall the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth three days and three. It's done through types. That's why typology is so important.
I bet you thought there was scripture that said that, that 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 made that plain statement. Paul said, according to the scriptures. Well, yes, according to the scriptures through typology. That's how important it is. And that's a direct, direct quotation about of the gospel, what the gospel is. That saves your soul, saved my soul. That's it. Now, would you have thought of that? Have you even thought of it ever before? So when I'm talking about typology, don't roll your eyes. You better take heed to it because it's that important. Doctrine comes forth many times through typology. Is there scripture on other doctrines? Absolutely. But this one right here, it's a kicker, man. It ought, to, it ought to make your eyebrows fly up. Joseph. He's, a, he's, he's the greatest type of Jesus Christ in the whole Bible. Him and his coat of many colors. 152 particulars. He's a type of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Egypt's type of the world. Always the type of the world. God called his son out of Egypt. I can just go on and on and on with typology. Works in prophecy the same way, folks. It's the reason I talk about it all the time. Thesis antithesis. And the ones that laugh and fluff it off and all that, the folks, they're going to laugh their way into the heat. I'm telling you, there's a bunch of deceivers out there. Beware. Beware. They sing a pretty song, but in the end, it's poison. Ear-tickling poison. Heavenly Father, take the words that's been said tonight, Father, the scriptures that's been read, use it for your honor and glory, work in the hearts of your believers, your precious sons and daughters, Father. I pray that you'd work in their lives, accomplish that which you intend to accomplish in their life, Father. Give them grace and mercy in everything that they do. Answer their prayers. Give them the fortitude to take that next step forward, Father, in their Christian growth and increase in their love for you, Father, and your and their love for the book. Watch over them and take care of them, Father, this week. Give them special blessings. I'm always saying it, Father, and I'm always meaning it too. Special blessings to increase the faith. We live in a time, Father, where everybody gets downtrodden. We live in a wicked world, and it's getting more wicked by the day. Sin rampant, wickedness rampant, lies rampant, everything turned upside down just like you said it would be. The whole system's trying to make right wrong and wrong right, sweet sour, sour sweet, good evil and evil good, love hate and hate love. It's everything's turned upside down, Father, but for your elect, Father, put a hedge about them. 
may their angels stay on guard with drawn swords and protect them while they do what you've called them to do. Give them the unction to fulfill their calling in their life. Give them that extra boost of purging their selves, making themselves vessels unto honor with the Holy Spirit power. Give them that supernatural love for you. Yes. Because out of all the gifts, love is the greatest. It covers a multitude of transgressions. We love you, Lord Jesus. And we want to see you soon because there is no hope without you, Lord. But as long as we have breath to breathe and are able to do anything, we will, we will continue to fight for you and continue to press forward and continue to try to the best of our ability to do your will by your grace and mercy. And I ask all these things in the name that is above every name, which is the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes, amen. Contact information for Don Spears Ministry. Telephone number 334-397-2333. The email address, joydon1953 at yahoo.com. Mailing address, 3155 Louisville, Street, apartment D1, Clio, Alabama, Clio, C-L-I-O, Alabama, zip 36017, 36017. Thanks for listening, everyone. Good job, Brother David, Brother Kevin. Appreciate it very much. I love each and every one of you guys in the chat room. If any of y'all get a chance, give me a call this week. I'd appreciate it very much. Love to talk to you. Anything I can do, I'll do anything I can do to help you. But, folks, keep um, really and truly, keep this thing in mind about being together. It's being impressed more and more on not just my heart, but some of the brothers' and sisters' hearts as well. There's something there I know there is. I know as the things are coming down the pike like a grease ball bearing. And God needs his people where he needs his people to be to do what he wants to do. That's the way he's always done. No different. Just like he wanted his people out of Jerusalem before the fall, according to some history, there wasn't a single Christian left within the walls of Jerusalem when it fell. They all obeyed and got the blank out of Dodge. Anyway, Lord willing, we'll see you guys this coming Friday night, and we'll, there's all there was oh, there was a whole bunch we did not get to, but we'll pick up around where we left off this coming Friday night. Unless I, I'm not sure about whether um, Brother Robbie's going to be on or not. He's supposed to call me and let me know. But if he if he is, it'll be I'll publish it on publish it. I'll post it on the Facebook page. But I think he's going to be on this coming Friday night. 
that celebrate truth. He'll be talking about fallen angels and about the flat earth truth and, and a lot of stuff along those lines. Anyway, and, God. and you can uh, check that out on YouTube, Celebrate Truth. There's some real good stuff there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love you guys. Lord willing, hell permitting. We'll see you guys this Friday night. Good night, Brother Dave. Brother Kevin. Good night, Pastor Don. Good night, all. Good night, chat room. God bless. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.